remember, in the course of discussing movies, the host will spoil plots. You've been warned. Listen to their screams. Greetings, ghouls and creeps, and welcome to Listen to Their Screams, a horror podcast that feels like you're chatting with friends. I am one of your friends, Dave. We're joined, as always, by your other friend, Ike. Ike, how are you? I'm doing pretty pretty all right. You know, it's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful day in the neighborhood. Yeah, are you feeling uh, feeling jolly? We're just a couple weeks, a little more than a couple weeks. Well, actually, I guess a little under a couple weeks from Christmas. So uh, feeling, yeah. a little, feeling a little jolly. Yeah, it's almost there. I'm I'm ready for some time off to you know mm-hmm. unwind and chillax. Yes, I'm I'm super excited. I'm off uh, I'm off next week, so I'm I'm very excited to uh well I'm off four days. I I just our busy day of the week. I just I hate to take off because I hate to leave that for other people to do and or, or maybe it's actually just that control uh whatever controlling I am. It's like I'm I don't want other people doing it. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> but I'm off. Four days next week. Four four work days. So, love that. Love that. Oh, I'm the same way. If, if I if I'm ever off, I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't I don't want other people doing my stuff. I, I want to be able to do, do my own thing. And uh, yeah, it's it's not my favorite thing. <laughs> yeah, and when I'm off, all I can do is I, at least once a day. I think God, I'm gonna have so many emails when I get back. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I'm not gonna worry about that right now because uh, we're about to talk. Horror movies, including our review for today of It's a Wonderful Knife, which was out in theaters not too long ago, but is now available on Shudder and AMC+. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. Uh, before we get there, let's talk about what we watched. Uh, Ike, I don't I didn't think I watched uh, I don't think I watched anything horror related this this past week. I've, I've watched plenty of stuff more, you know, some Christmas movies, Christmas specials, everything's but. I really don't think I watched anything horror related. How about you? Yeah, you know, I honestly, I watched, like you said, I watched some Christmas stuff. Um, just, you know, we talked a little bit about last week, but there's always those Christmas movies you have to watch every year. So I did catch a couple of those. Um, I haven't watched Krampus yet, um, so that's going to be coming up here pretty soon because that's obviously on my Christmas horror watch list. Um, but yeah, I mean, not a whole lot. Uh, me, me and the wife have been doing a rewatch of the vampire diaries. Um, it's a very addictive show. So, you know, watching that has taken up a lot of my time when I do have time to watch stuff. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, Monica and I constantly watch supernatural in a loop We're we're always, we're about to finish it again. And of course they will just restart it again, but, uh, there's always that, but, uh, no, nothing else horror related. So uh, I guess we'll just march right on and get to our weekly segment. Top three. <laughs> and this week we're doing a top three. Uh, the old the old original, the one that we did many, many episodes uh, at the beginning of our podcast before we switched it up and added some added a little uh, a little uh, whatever you want to call it variety into our mix but we're back doing a top three and today we're going to do our top three favorite christmas horror movie villains Whew. that's a that's a mouthful um so ike you got your top three and ready to roll i think so all right well uh i will begin i will bet dollars to donuts that my number three is somewhere on your list 
But uh, at my number three, it is Krampus from the 2015 movie. Um, uh, this is, uh, you know, I've, I've watched a few different Krampus movies. I know there's a million and one of them out there, maybe even more than that. And, uh, you know, there's a wide variety of different things uh, that they do. What did we watch recently? Oh, the uh, last week when we watched uh, what, Nightmare what was on 34th Street. Yeah, Nightmare on 34th Street. And that one segment had a, a, a kind of a wacky looking Krampus in it. Uh, but I, I think this one, this one is, uh, I think it's really, really good. It, it really looks kind of realistic, believable, I, I, you know, believable within the realm of <laughs> suspension of belief. But you know what I mean? Uh, doesn't look, doesn't look uh, goofy. And, um, and of course, I, I love the movie. The movie's great. And, uh, I like how, you know, it's like you get teased the Krampus a lot through the movie, different things with, you know, the hoof prints and, and different things happening. But it but it's it takes a while before you really full bore get to see it. And and I kind of like that. It uh, it kind of builds the suspense there for a while when you first watch it. So uh, that's my number three. Uh, I will guarantee that it's probably on your top three somewhere. Uh, it, but, is. Uh, it is. All right. Well, well, uh, when we get to that, you can add your bit. So uh, let's move right ahead. Then, Ike, what is your number three favorite Christmas horror movie villain? I was say my 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 top three is actually a little weird. Um, Krampus is on it, but the other two, one of them might be on your list. Um, but my number three is Billy from Silent Night, Deadly Night. Mm-hmm. He is um, on my list. So last year was the first year I ever watched Silent Night, Deadly Night. Um, you know, actually the first time I've ever seen that movie. Period. But it was a very interesting uh, movie. It was a very interesting experience. Um, and I think Billy is one of those more unfortunate uh, horror movie villains um, because truly his story is a, is a story of tragedy. Um, you know, he has very long-standing trauma from his experiences in his life, and it makes for a very convincing but also a very sympathetic villain, although a very violent one. Um, and one of the pr- premier things that you know I sometimes enjoy about Christmas slashers is that sometimes – you know, you have the human element. And this movie very much has the human element. Billy isn't some extraordinary, you know, monster. He is just a human who is very just angry and very vengeful. And, you know, he doesn't do anything that a human can't do. So it it very much strikes my love of slashers. And Billy, again, is a very sympathetic villain. Despite his actions, he is obviously very sympathetic because of his past. So... Um, he is my number three uh, on this list. Yeah, he is on my list as well. So uh, I'll wait and give my two cents when we get to him, <laughs> which uh, is not now. So I guess I can deduct where he is on my list. Yes. Uh, but, but my number two is, is 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 similar. My number two on the list is Harry from Christmas Evil from 1980. And uh, and Harry is it's, it's very similar as well. Christmas Evil is a great, great movie. And um. And Harry, it's kind of the same thing. You, uh, you know, he's he's a bad dude. He does some bad shit. But you, you, you understand why he's so twisted. And and I mean, he had you know a traumatic event as a child uh, that that created this obsession with uh, Santa Claus, and, and that leads to what he does. Um, so you know, they always say the best villains, you know, number one, typically they believe what they're doing is is right. And number two, the, you know, there is a, a kernel of relatability, right? You, it's like, man, there's a fine line between sanity and insanity. <laughs> and, um, you know, and it, it just takes one thing to, to nudge a person over. 
And um, so, you know, I think Harry, Harry, Harry's, he's got that, right? It, like you said, he's a, uh, you, you feel for him, but then it's like, ah, you can't justify what he does, but yet you, it's like you can almost understand the reasoning. Um, but uh, Ike, have you ever seen Christmas Evil? I have never seen Christmas Evil. Um, so I, I can't really comment on it too much, uh, but I, I like a good Christmas slasher. Um, I'm pulling up, Pulling up Christmas Evil here on, uh, what's it called? IMDb. Just taking a quick gander at it. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it looks interesting. You know, I, I'm always down for that. It looks like it's on AMC Plus. So mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a positive. I always like a good AMC Plus Shutter movie. So I can't say too much, but I'll have to check it out this Christmas uh, season. Yes, give it, give it a watch. And, and report back in by the end of the year. <laughs> I will definitely try. <laughs> All right, so I guess that means it's my turn. My turn to give you my number two. All right. It is. Uh, and what I mean by number two is not my poop. It is my number two choice on this uh, top three, <laughs> just in case there's any confusion. Uh, <laughs> my oh. number my, my number two is Luke from Better Watch Out. So oh, yeah. I talked about this last week. Uh, I, I did mention the movie briefly, but I was mm-hmm. like, eh, I'm not going to talk about it a whole, whole lot. Uh, because I do want to talk about it if we ever did a top three, and we decided to end up doing a top three. So what do you know? So Luke and Better Watch Out. So this is uh, the other side of the spectrum of understandable slashers. Uh, Luke is by and large probably one of the most unrelatable slashers because he is truly a psychopath. Um, not to spoil too much, but you know the movie, basically the whole premise is that um, a you know a babysitter is babysitting Luke and Luke and the babysitter basically believe they're being you know the victims of a home invasion, but it turns out to all have been a rouge um, done by Luke, and he did it with very nefarious uh, intentions. And basically, this movie spirals from nefarious intention to just plain out, honestly, sadism. Um, and, and it's honestly a very interesting look at like a, a young uh, psychopath, basically. And uh, it's very interesting to see it. Uh, but yeah, Luke is very much not a relatable villain, but he is very, very fucked up. And I think that's a, a definitely a contrast to, you know, Silent Night, Deadly Night or, you know, the uh, Christmas or the uh, Sorry, Christmas Evil. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> so it, it's very different in comparison to those two movies or in comparison to like a supernatural evil, if you will. Yeah, it. Uh, yeah, I, I watched this after you brought it up. Man, it was a fucking great movie. Right. And uh, yeah, and it uh, it uh, it really it really twisted where I didn't expect it uh, pretty early on because, you know, you read the description and they talk about again, this is we, we give the, the warning up top. There's there's spoilers about here. Uh, but, you know, you read the description and it talks about a home intruder or whatever. And that's so that's kind of what I was thinking. I thought, well, this could be pretty straightforward. Right. This is whatever. And um, and I'm watching it. And, man, they they very, very quickly, they they make you they make you feel for this kid. Right. He's like, oh, he's got a crush on his babysitter. He's kind of dorky. He uh, he's trying these weird things he read off the Internet, thinks that, you know, will help get the babysitter's attention. And but, you know, you, you just think he's some nerdy kid who's crushing on his babysitter and, um, you know, and, and, you know, his parents are kind of, kind of weird and, uh, and everything is, and you're, you kind of, you, you kind of feel for the kid a little bit. Right. And, 
you're sitting there thinking, oh, there's going to be this home intruder or these, you know, the, the, the babysitter is going to end up, you know, liking him too by the end. That's what you think is going to, you know, kind of where you suspect it's going to go. And then, uh, and then they, they, they throw the, the kind of the first twist is when they, you know, she makes the guy unmasking that's the kid's friend. Right. And you think, you know, I'm sitting there kind of thinking, hmm, that doesn't, that, that doesn't make sense. That, that's lame. <laughs> and then you find out he's just a pawn. And, uh, and this, yeah, this kid, the kid that played Luke was fucking amazing. And, um, and it is, it's very much, this is true, right? Because they, they bring up, uh, you know, how the, the, the friend's hamster died, right? And, and Luke didn't tell him or something or whatever. And then, you know, then later Luke reveals, Hey, you know, he didn't just die. I, you know, I killed him. And, uh, which is, you know, that's, that's typical, right? You know, these, these kids, they owe doing, doing things to animals when they're young to, to experiment with these, these things, you know, they got going on. And, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's a really, really, really good movie. And, uh, and it's got one of those, you know, I don't know, you know, it's, it's believable enough that it really makes it adds to that creepiness. And there, and there's nods to other things too, right? Like with the, the paint bucket thing, it's kind of the home alone nod right. and, and everything. And then, uh, and the the ending was great because I really just I, I man I don't like when movies try to take the ending too far, and this ending was really really good, uh, where you know he here he pulled off everything he thought right he everything he thought he nailed it all and he got it he got away with it and everything else and then as his mom comes home and wakes him up and he's trying to play like oh my god what happened and then <laughs> he hears everybody say oh we have a survivor is she still alive and. And that's just, uh, again, I'm, I'm giving it away. So if, you know, if somebody's not seen it, skip ahead. Cause I just got to say it. <laughs> um, at the end though, he looks out the window and she's being wheeled out to the, the ambulance. It just flips him off. It is just, it's so classic. And that's where it ends. That's, it was great because it's like they didn't, they didn't take it too far. Right. They didn't, they didn't give away enough. Uh, uh, you know, they, it was a very satisfying finish for me. And, uh, yeah. So I know I talked a lot about a movie that wasn't even on my list, but. No, it's, but it's a surprising movie. And that's what I always tell people. That's what me and my wife were talking about. We're like, I was not expecting like a, for this movie to be that good, but also B, like, I was not expecting that ending. And and I think that it says a lot that this is just some random Christmas horror movie that I had heard of, but completely overlooked for, I mean, nine years, eight, seven years. I don't know how to count seven years because <laughs> it came out in 2016. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's really good. And like you said, it's just, it's one of those movies that you don't expect the twist. And then when the twist happens, it just progressively gets worse. Like it, it, there's not a moment in this film that like I was expecting what was about to happen, but the entire time it was just like, okay, this literally just gets progressively worse. The, the longer that this movie goes on, the worse it gets. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and I truly thought the ending I, I just thought I thought they were going to leave it with him pulling it off. Yeah. And I thought, you know, they, they left the door open for something further or whatever. And I thought they're, uh, you know, I thought that's pretty creepy, too. But then, you know, it had that little humorous touch at the end. <laughs> and uh, that was that was pretty funny. But it that was. was a very, very, very good movie. That I think that'll be one I'll watch probably every year. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. Same. <laughs> uh, so I, I think then we're we're down to the number ones, which uh, are not going to be any surprise for anybody that's keeping track at home. Uh, because both have been mentioned already. Uh, my number one from Silent Night, Deadly Night, 1984, it is Billy. And uh, I, I can't add uh, too much to what you said. I, I, Silent Night, Deadly Night is probably my my favorite Christmas horror movie of all time. I absolutely I love it. And uh, the movie is so good. 
like you said, Billy snaps, he does all these things, but it's like all you sit there and think is, yeah, I get it. I understand because this dude had a fucked up life. I mean, you know, seeing his parents killed, uh, you know, fucking being abused in a an orphanage by the the, the nun, um, getting, you know, he finally gets out and he, or not gets out, but he get, he gets a job and the dude that he's working with is an asshole, and he and just it's just one thing after another, and um, you you really feel for him and there's you know, so there's a couple of those kills it gets to and you're like yeah okay I was rooting for Billy on that one. Uh, now there, there's a couple where you know you don't, uh, you know I, I kind of broke my heart that he killed the the guy that gave him the job at the store because that that drunk old guy was fun, and uh, but then and, and this movie does uh, again I won't give this one away, but this movie there are several sequels, and uh, this movie does a great job right at the finish of setting up the sequel, and yeah. it, uh, it it is beautiful, it's a, it's a really really good job. So the sequels are not quite as good, uh, but uh, but at least they. At least they did something kind of creative, you know, I mean, or not, you know, whatever. They didn't just try to keep regurgitating Billy over and over. Uh, so. So that's my number one. Uh, Ike, I think we all know, but uh, just for uh, just to, to put the bow on the, the gift here, what is, what is your number one favorite Christmas horror movie villain? Well, if like you said, if you haven't been keeping track, um, you know, Dave's top three is number three was. Uh, was a good old Krampus, and that is my number one. Um, honestly, uh, Krampus is probably, in my opinion, one of the the best horror icons for the Christmas season. Um, he is the exact antithesis to Santa Claus, who, for all intents and purposes, is the you know the protagonist of Christmas. So Krampus, you know, Krampus has a lot of different depictions. Uh, I think the 2016 uh, Krampus is by and large the best version of him. Um, especially in terms of like modern media, there are a lot of good, uh, third, you know, like B movie type movies that have Krampus. Um, <clears throat> I, I quite enjoyed the miracle, the uh, nightmare on 34 streets, uh, depiction of Krampus, but you know, Krampus again has a lot of different, um, you know, depictions throughout media, you know, whether he's a demon, whether he's just like the opposite of Santa Claus or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, there's also a really cool anthology movie called a Christmas horror story that has Krampus in it. But, uh, by and large, like I said, I think the 2016 Krampus is the best depiction of him in modern media. Um, and, and like Dave said, that movie's so good. It has a really cool lead up, you know, all of his, you know, evil toys. They are just super creepy. And, you know, for Krampus, for, for what you get with Krampus, and this is something too that I wanted to mention, but obviously I didn't mention it earlier. Um, but the great thing about Krampus, and, and it was something I didn't really realize until I watched it the last time, is that it's rated PG-13. I, I would not have guessed that this was a PG-13 movie from watching it. I mean, there's a lot of violence. There's a lot of really scary graphic imagery. But it's a PG-13 horror movie nonetheless. <laughs> so um, they, they really stretch for that PG-13 rating, I think. But it was it's such a good movie. And it, it's a rewatchable movie. If you watch it once, you're going to watch it again. So. That's my take on Krampus. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's a good, a good movie. It is is one I watch every Christmas. Uh, it, it, yeah, like you said, there's a lot of different Krampus, and then none of them are. You know, it's hard to. I mean, obviously, maybe the movie quality can be, but but Krampus is one where almost every every uh, whatever culture out there has some incarnation of it in, in the in the folklore, right? Just like how you know Santa differs from culture to culture in some ways. Uh, you know, yeah. like, like you said, so does Krampus, and um. 
So, you know, there, there can be different interpret interpretations and different twists on it. But, uh, but yeah, this one is, is definitely a fun movie. And I, I saw someone online the other day said it and it's a, it was pretty cool. It was pretty, I, I like the comparison, uh, is they, they, uh, they say that something to the effect of in their mind, they view this Krampus as for, for Christmas as kind of how trick or treat is for, for Halloween. Yeah. And that it's, it's, you know, very, uh, tied to the, you know, some of the holiday lore, uh, and just, a, uh, just a fun watch that they, you know, they watch every year. And, and, and it, <clears throat> excuse me, it's, it's a, I like that. I think it's a good comparison. Not that the movies themselves are necessarily like, but in, in, in the vibe, the feel, the, the holiday aspect of it, I, I can see that, that correlation. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. I, I think pretty much every hol- holiday or, you know, season has kind of one of those movies, if you will. Yeah, do we have a good Easter horror movie? Um, maybe not Easter specifically, but I think there are a, like, like no Easter bunny horror movies, but I think there are a few, uh, horror movies around Easter, maybe. <laughs> we need a, we need a definitive top notch horror movie because now, now we've got Thanksgiving for Thanksgiving, right? We've got a, True. a definitive one there. Um, and, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll have to dive into that as we come upon a holiday. So, uh, what's, what's our, what's our next big thing? There's, there's New Year's. There's, I always think I always think Terror Train for New Year's just because it takes place at New Year's. And uh, I love Terror Train with Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, <laughs> David Copperfield and whatever else. But, uh, yeah, so as, as holidays approach, we'll we'll see if we uh, we'll, we'll try to name what we think are the de- is the definitive holiday horror movie for that holiday. So we'll have to do that. Sounds like a plan to me. <laughs> it's a little hard for Halloween. It's a little hard for Christmas. But uh because you know, there's a ton of those, but I, I think, think we're the, other, the, the other the other holidays are a little easier. <laughs> yeah, easier or harder. Try to find one that's, that's worth worth watching. Depending on how you look at it. So, all right, well, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll have news and birthdays and anniversaries. So stick around. Make sure you subscribe to listen to their screams on your favorite podcast platform. Also, make sure you look us up on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, TikTok, and Slasher. All you have to do is look up Listen to Screams. That is Listen, the number two in Screams, and you can find us there. Also, make sure you go and buy yourself a Listen to Their Screams t-shirt. You can find all of our shirts at tinyurl.com Screams Shirts. Spread the news. Spread the news. Spread the news. And we're back with the news. All right. We have some pretty juicy little little tidbits here for you. But starting us off at the top, we have Stranger Things Season 5 is targeted to begin filming in early January. Um, I I believe that this probably is going to release sometime in 2025 if I had to take a a shot in the dark. Um, just with the whole writer strike and everything else, I, I know this is one of those um, projects that was pretty heavily impacted. But um, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what comes of it. Hopefully, it's good product. Um, you know, I have hope for it. Uh, but we'll we'll hopefully start seeing some uh, filming and whatnot starting in uh, early January. Yeah, I, I like Stranger Things. I, I fully enjoy it. And uh, and they said this is it. This is the the end of it. Which uh, you know, I mean, I think you have to, right? These kids are going to be, a, well, some of them are, are, or they, maybe all of them are virtually adults. Now, there's only so long you can take this, but, uh, but I'm excited. I'm excited to see how they close it out and what they do. 
Yeah, like you said, a lot of them are getting a little old for like the whole like kid thing. Um, but I have heard that they intend to make some spinoff uh, content from the Stranger Things universe. So maybe some like prequel type stuff or uh, maybe some, you know, stuff more based in the current generation, things like that. Yeah. Cool. Um, but uh, yeah, another little bit of news that uh, me and Dave were actually talking about just the other day. Saul 11 has officially been announced and it is scheduled to be released September 27, 2024. This, of course, is uh, fantastic news, but uh, Josh Stolberg and Pete Goldfinger, who wrote Jigsaw, Spiral, and Saul X, will not be returning to write. There's no word yet on who will be writing or directing or really any of the cast members. Um, it is, of course, rumored that John Kramer will be back, but that's obviously not substantiated since it's just been recently announced as a project. But um obviously dave and i are both excited about this um you know we we actually talked about in length uh, about how they can make more movies and i think that there's a good chance that you know we might either get another prequel or maybe some uh some other form of content uh yeah it'll be it'll be curious to see what they do with this and uh you know where it is in the timeline and and, and what they do uh, i liked how they approached the, you know the last one and, and where they put it uh so i don't know i don't know if this one you know the I don't know. The last one kind of led to the next one, so uh, I'm not sure. It, uh, but I'm, I'm sure they've got something in mind. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Hopefully they're not going into it completely blind, but hey, you never know. Uh, <laughs> so some other good news is Lauren Levera is signed on to return as Sienna for Terrifier 3. We're also going to see the return of Elliot Fulham, uh, who plays Jonathan, Samantha Scafidi, who plays Victoria, Chris Jericho, who plays Burke, and, of course, David Howard Thornton as Art the Clown. Um, we actually have a small teaser for Terrifier 3 that was released with the Terrifier 2 uh, re-release in November. Um, and, you know, I, I think everybody's really excited for this. I think everybody's ready for it. Um, it'll be releasing in uh, 2024. But it's very exciting to see that a lot of these people are coming back uh, and that it's all officially on the books. Yeah, and uh, and and Damien Leone has, has kind of indicated that he kind of expects – three to kind of close out this trilogy, right? That the kind of, you know, not, not necessarily that it will be the end of terrifier per se, but this is kind of the end of what he envisioned the story uh, and that he's, you know, he's open to letting other, other directors, other producers, other, other people uh, play in a sandbox, so to speak. Uh, but, the, but the, the story and the ideas he's had for this, uh, he, he's going to bring to fruition through these, you know, the, the one, two, three. And, uh, that's what it's going to be. And I've, I've heard that this one's going to pick up right where the, the last one left off. Uh, there, you know, uh, uh, what could potentially be a spoiler. So if somebody does not really at all want to hear this, this is just a a suspected spoiler on my part. Uh, Chris Jericho did put out on social media uh, a thing of him, you know, sitting in a chair getting scanned his, his face. And he was kind of making a weird face. And, uh, you know, he was all like, oh, guess what this is for? I'm would almost guarantee this is probably for terrifier three and uh i'm i'm guessing he's returning and if this is picking up where the last one left off uh, i would guess we'll see mr jericho killed off really quick at the beginning of this movie more than likely would be uh, what i was suspect i mean i can't imagine having this you know a big part but i you know based on him getting scanned i'm i'm guessing that they're uh they're uh setting up for the practical effects for his death would be yep. what i would guess so Hopefully, hopefully. I like I like a good death scene, especially in uh, Terrifier. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
But uh, all right, one more thing for some news. Universal and Bloomhouse are bringing the Wolfman remake to theaters on October 25th, 2024. The movie will now star Christopher Abbott and will be directed by Leigh Whannell. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leigh Whannell, of course, is from Insidious and Saw fame. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know who Christopher Abbott is. Um, so I'd yeah, have I'm, not, to, I'm not sure. I, I, saw, <laughs> you know, I saw a picture of him. He's in, I guess, I saw something, some show. I don't know what the show was, but I don't know if it's a pretty big deal. I don't know. Uh, picture wise, he, you know, he had a good look for this. Uh, I know it was going to be Jake Gyllenhaal, but apparently he is no longer uh, being tied to this project. So, uh, you know, take it, take it for what it is. Uh, they have thrown this date out there. Uh, I'm sure it is tentative, fluid, but, uh, you know, I'm sure, you know, they would like to put this out right around Halloween like that. Uh, you know, only a year away. So hopefully they're, uh, they're rolling on this project if they want to turn it out, uh, in, you know, under a year now. So, uh, that means they really need to start shooting right after the first of the year on this because, uh, I know in that back on the Terrifier three, Damien Leon said they were they were starting shooting in February. So, uh, you know, you got to they got to if they're going to release this in October, they need to be ready to shoot. So. We'll see. I'm hoping it's a I hope it's, you know, a good. A good take. Uh, yeah. Lee, Lee Winnell also did the, the most recent the take on Invisible Man, I believe. So. Uh, there's that, too. So, you know, I'm, I I like the Wolfman. I, I love the I love. You know, werewolf movies can be really, really good. And it's one of those that you can you can throw in any time period and you can make it work if you do it right. So, uh, you know, I hope uh, hopefully they do it right. And uh, the key is that the the transformation has to look great and it can't look cheesy or hokey. It's got to look, you know, it's just it's got to be there. That's that's the kill. That's the that's what sinks you in a wolf, a werewolf movie. So but uh, so hopefully. I, I like Lee Whannell being tied to it. That that it gives me a lot of hope. Also, I I did look him up and I, and I do recognize him now that I'm looking at him. Um, he was actually in a TV show I watched pretty recently called The Center. Um, yeah. It's uh it's it's actually really good too. It has uh, Bill Pullman in it. But yeah, I, that's where I recognize him from. But yeah, he he looked good. I mean, I think he could pull it off. Um, he's got good acting chops, and like you said, I think with Lee Whannell attached to the project, it'll be. It'll be positive, I think. I believe so. All right. Now we are on to our birthdays. Uh, we are getting close to Christmas, so we're going to hopefully have some Christmas birthdays. But uh, December 17th, 1945, we have Ernie Hudson, sorry, or Hudson, who plays Winston Zedmore in the Ghostbusters franchise. Uh, of course, Ernie Hudson is legendary. He was in Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters Afterlife and many of the other, you know, formats of which the Ghostbusters have existed. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's great. I mean, Ghostbusters is iconic as a uh, as a good little Halloween spooky movie. Yeah, and he should he should have a big role in the upcoming Ghostbusters movie because he, you know, came in at the end of Afterlife and is the one that, you know, uh, bought the bought the firehouse back and, and all this stuff. So, uh, but yeah, I, I like Ernie Hudson. I like Winston. He's a he's a great character in those movies. Absolutely. Love it, love it. And then December 18th, 1946, we also have Steven Spielberg. Now, Steven Spielberg, of course, he has uh, – I, I mean, he has so much. He's done so much. But mm-hmm. just to name a few, Jaws, E.T., Jurassic Park, Indiana Jones, 
Um, these are some of the highlights, I would say, of, uh, especially for nerd culture and pop culture in general. Um, I know Dave really enjoys Jaws, and uh, you know I know I like Jurassic Park, and I like a lot of the stuff he makes. So mm-hmm. um, that's definitely a legendary birthday to have in December. Yeah, and it's man, it's wild to think because you have you know Jaws, E.T., Jurassic Park, just just those three alone, with at the time of their release were were record breaking movies. I mean they they broke box office records at those times, and uh, I mean that's not even taking into account you know the the Indiana Jones stuff he did and. You know, close encounters of the third kind and, and uh, whatever else. I mean, there's a whole slew. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 those are my favorites. I love Jaws. I love ET. I love Jurassic Park. I love the Indiana Jones movies. Uh, so yeah, Steven Spielberg, uh, apparently knows, knows what I like. <laughs> Fair enough. Apparently knows what a lot of people like, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, he, I, I'd say he's made enough money. I, I think, I think he has a, a little bit of an idea of what the, uh, the world of pop culture really wants. <laughs> yep. Love it. And then we also have on December 19, 1949, we have Nancy Loomis Keys. She plays Annie in the 1970 Halloween, Sandy in the Fog, and Linda in Halloween 3. Um, so obviously, this is one of those ones that um, might be a little more niche, especially for people who aren't super familiar with the more you know, inner workings of some of these earlier horror movies in the seventies and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, Nancy Lewis keys is a, you know, plays Annie in the 78 Halloween. That's, I feel like that's the one I most picture her as. Um, yeah. but I, but I forgot that she was also in the third one. I, I actually forgot about that. Yeah. She plays, uh, whatever Tom Atkins, whatever his, I can't remember his character's name, uh, his ex-wife, uh, yeah. and with the kids. So, uh, yeah, apparently she, apparently John Carpenter really likes working with her because uh, those are all, She's been in some other things, too, but all three of those are John Carpenter movies, so. <laughs> she, she just likes John Carpenter. <laughs> yeah. But she, she was great as Annie. She was great. Absolutely. I love it. All right. So we have some upcoming movie anniversaries. Uh, I know this first one. I'm sure sure Dave loves this one. I've not seen this one, but December 15, 1974, Young Frankenstein. Um, never seen that one. I'm sure it's good, though. Man. Okay, see, you got to put it on the list now. Young Young Frankenstein and Mel Brooks with uh, Gene Wilder in it, and it's a it's a kind of a take where you know Gene Wilder plays the son of Doctor Frankenstein and goes back. Oh, it's so great, so much so much comedy. Uh, just oh, it is so well done. And I mean, it's it's the it's oh, so many parts. But there's the part where Igor <laughs> every time Igor answers the door and someone's there or whatever and he says that Igor's like ah oh, walk this way in the way he you know with his hump back and the way he walks people walk like he does it's classic and that whole line from young Frankenstein where he says walk this way that's where Aerosmith lifted for the song that's where they really? got the yeah the, the oh, well according to Steven Tyler but uh <laughs> yeah so you, you got to put that on the list young Frankenstein is a classic classic it's one of oh it's one of the greatest movies of all time and uh ah oh, you'll love it so you, well, you got to watch it. You have to watch it. And it's, it's you know, it's in the 70s, right? It's 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 made to kind of, you know, have a little feel and stuff like the old Universal movies, right? Because it's, it's supposed to fit right in uh, with right. those. Uh, they they observe. I mean, to the point of a lot of the props and things were the, the they went and got the same props used at Frankenstein and uh, from the studios that they that they had to, for authenticity um, and stuff. So, but yes, again, you, you, you got to start knocking things off this list. 
I know. I'm gonna have like a I'm gonna have like a whole like book before we're we're done adding stuff to this list. I swear. If 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 you got if you have if you're gonna have a little time off the holidays, you got at least what you knock one or two off. I, I, I think I will. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, put put Young Frankenstein on the list because that's that's a must see. Young Frankenstein's going on the list. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, moving back to the movie anniversaries, got that added to my list. Um, December 20th, 1974, we have Black Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about this at length last episode um, or the episode before, but we were just talking kind of about, you know, the history of the remakes and whatnot. Um, and we were talking about how we really enjoyed the original, how, you know, Monica enjoys the remake um, from 2006 or so. And how we, you know, I've also seen the one from 2020 or whatever. Um, but we were just kind of talking about it, but, uh, we actually reviewed this film last year, the 1974 version. And, uh, I believe we both enjoyed it. If I remember correctly, I know that I mm-hmm. did and I'm pretty sure Dave does. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's got Margot Kidder in it, uh, which, you know, she was one of my first crushes because she was Lois Lane and, uh, the original, the 78 Superman. But, uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a fun movie. I like it. It's uh, again, that's one of my favorite Christmas horror movies. And uh, love it. Love love Black Christmas. Gotta love Black Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then December 20th, 1996. Um, this movie we've talked about is so much, but Scream. Scream is the original meta slasher. Um, it does so much for the slasher genre and so much for the horror genre. Wes Craven is a master uh, at doing these types of movies. And uh, Scream is no exception. It's such a good movie. Um, like I said, we, we've talked at length about how much we love this movie and how much we love the people in it. And last week, um, we didn't have a whole lot of news, but we, we talked extensively about where we think this next uh, Scream movie is going to have to go. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, we're not going to dive back into the, square, the Scream rabbit hole. It's, it's the talk of, of Horrorville. And uh who knows what's going to happen there? Uh, I, I'm I'm going to choose just to sit back and let it unravel and see see if I like it. And uh, but uh, the one thing I do know is uh, Scream itself is is one of my favorite movies of all time. It is it is classic. Uh, it was genre changing. It was uh, it was so clever, uh, still is, but so clever at the time. And um, it just um, I mean it it to me it changed horror and uh, and started a this. It started this whole uh, trend of horror movies, right? There's so many movies that are scream, scream like. I mean, I, to me, we, you know, we're talking uh, today about it's a wonderful knife, and and I watched it, and I can, I can feel scream vibes in it, and, and some of that influence, you know, and, and fingerprints on it, um, you know, in that movie. So it, yeah. uh, it, it is definitely up there to me. I one of the, I don't know, as far as slashers go, it's a, it's a top ten iconic movie to me. Oh yeah, absolutely. But uh, all right, now we are going to move on to upcoming releases. Um, nothing crazy, but uh, Santa Stein comes to Screenbox on December 19th. The movie is described as when Max Causey was six, he accidentally killed Santa. Twelve years later, he rectifies his mistake by resurrecting Santa, but soon realizes the creature is a uh, bloodthirsty killer. Um, you know, I love Screenbox films. This is a very interesting uh, concept, so... I will definitely be checking this one out. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I love Frankenstein, and this this just sounds fun. Um, it, it's one of those movies, you know, it's like you're not expecting Oscar award winning filmmaking in this, but it just sounds fun. 
and uh and i like the concept so i'm I'm very much looking forward to watching it and then i just i love the phrase santa stein i'm maybe someone has done that before but how's nobody made a movie called santa stein already right (laughs) yeah i don't know that 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 one's a pretty good idea i don't know how that one's not been snatched up yet but uh i'm glad somebody finally did it and uh i guess we'll see how this goes we'll we'll just we'll just wait and see i I have a feeling it'll be good like you said i'm not expecting a masterpiece but should be interesting (laughs) yep should be fun all right well, I think that pretty much wraps up all of our birthdays, upcoming releases, movie anniversaries, and news. A lot of cool stuff this week, but uh, here's what I got to say. I got to say it. You got to follow us on social media. I'm not going to call you names this time. I'm just going to tell you you need to follow us on social media because we post about this stuff when it happens. Um, so if you want to make sure that you are up to date and you're chatting with the people you like to chat with, make sure you follow us on all social medias. And, uh, yeah, I, that's all I got to say. But uh, – Coming up next is our official review, the long-awaited review of It's a Wonderful Knife. Stick around. Listen to Their Screams is now a Fangoria collaborator. Get 20% off your order at shop.fangoria.com by using the promo code LISTEN2SCREAMS at checkout. That is LISTEN, the number two, and SCREAMS. Or you can click the link in the show notes. All right, and we're back here on LISTEN. To their screams, and like I said, it is time for a review of It's a Wonderful Knife. Uh, I, I said long-awaited. I don't know if it's long-awaited, but <laughs> <laughs> it's here nonetheless. Uh, the movie was released November 10th in theaters, and it is now available on Shudder and AMC+. Plus. Written by Michael Kennedy, directed by Tyle uh, McIntyre, starring Jane Whittup, Joel McHale, and Justin Long. And it is described as after saving her town... From a psychotic killer, Wendy Carruthers' life is less than wonderful. When she wishes she'd never been born, she finds herself in a nightmare parallel universe where without her, things could be much, much worse. And, uh, and uh, you know, I, I watched this movie. It was it was fun. And, um, it again, it kept me – it kind of kept me on my toes because when I first started watching it, I almost immediately thought, uh, I'm not going to like this movie. Because I started watching it, and it's like you got to me. You just got a matter of a couple minutes in, and you automatically knew the Justin Long character was the killer. <laughs> I like it. It's him, no doubt. It's him. There's just no. I mean, if they try to do anything else, it's just it's not going to make sense. And then I, I guess I kind of forgot the description because we talked about the description of the movie. And I guess I, I guess it kind of I really wasn't thinking of it. And uh, you know, so but then they uh, then they killed him, unmasked the showed. And went to the opening title screen. I was like, huh, okay. Well, um, okay, maybe, you know, it was supposed to be that obvious, right? It was, it was intended to be that way. And, um, then when they went, you know, into this parallel universe, um, you know, it, it was, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, it, it were, uh, it, 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 uh, I don't know, it played on, it played on quite a, you know, quite a few emotions, right? Where you saw the dad, uh, anguish because his, his son had been killed. Um, and you saw just the weird, it was weird, this town, um, Angel Falls. It's like where they just accepted that this killer was going to pop up and kill people every so often. And, um, and it's like the, the, you know, uh, what was her name? Winnie thought that, uh, thought, hey, that this is still, 
the, the, the guy, the Justin Long guy who's mayor in, 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 uh, of the town. Uh, so, well, he's still the killer, right? It's still him. It's still him. It, you know, it's got to be. Um, but it wasn't. Uh, but you could clearly see that the mayor was was benefiting from this, right? He was using this as kind of this ploy to stay in power of uh, he of, of constantly promising the people, I'll, I will keep you safe, right? I will I will solve this. I will, you know, I will I will you know, be the savior. And I like how they call the the killer the the, the, the angel. And uh, the killer had the, it was a great look. He looked it looked awesome. Um, that uh, you know I like that mask and everything with it. Um. But then, you know, it's like, you know, where things kind of start unraveling and, and the people end up rising up. And then you find out that the, again, this is all spoilers. So, and you know, hopefully people by now know and they take this to heart. Uh, we, we've given you some time. This movie's been out over a month in theaters and it's been out, you know, for I think a week or two now in Shutter. Hopefully you've seen it. Um, but you find out in this alternate universe, it's it's the dad that's the killer, right? And that the the mayor pretty much you know pulled his strings, played on his grief and whatever else, uh, and, and used him as part of this ploy and stuff. And uh, it, just like he was using his his brother, uh, was it, it was his brother, right? That he, that was the sheriff or whatever. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Who who was really really a dork in the other one in the other timeline? Uh, was <laughs> had one of the best lines in the movie because they in the in the original timeline where they talked about how he had an only fans now yeah and he said something about he's like going live on tiktok and he's like what was it he said he's like uh hey everybody if you if you hope to see my penis sure in luck but i guarantee it won't fit under the tree and it was just it just made me chuckle I was like it was so so i don't know whatever you whatever you want to say uh so i don't know maybe some butt in it i don't yeah. know what i'm trying to say very uh, out of pocket <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was a fun movie, right? And, you know, the twist that, and, uh, and of course, that maybe this won't land for everybody, but, uh, there are, there are some definite, uh, supernatural alumni in this movie yes. that I saw. Uh, Catherine Isabel was in it from Ginger Snaps and who was in, um, was in, uh, Fry, excuse me, Jason versus Freddy. And then, of course, was in Supernatural. Uh, and uh, then uh, I don't know the one girl's name, but she played the girl, the one friend, the girl who in the original timeline, Wendy's boyfriend cheated with. And then in the yeah. other timeline, they were together. She was in uh, a few episodes of Supernatural as some kids that lived in the town that were uh, friends with Jack for for a bit. Uh, so she was in some episodes of Supernatural, too, a couple yeah, yeah, her her character's name was Darla, I think. Darla, yeah, that's that's right. But uh, yeah, she was in a couple of episodes of Supernatural as well. So uh, I always I always pick up on those when I see people like that. But uh, and of course Justin Long's great. I, I love Justin Long and everything he does. He has become the modern, the probably the best character actor of modern day. Uh, he plays so many little quirky roles like this, and it's just he you can just tell he has so much fun playing these unique characters. Uh, that are that are weird and um he he just he does such a good job so uh so all right i'm gonna pass it off i can let you uh, talk about it's a wonderful knife absolutely so um you know when this movie first came out i wasn't totally sure if i was going to be able to see it in theaters but my wife 
was like, yeah, I really want to see it. So we ended up going and watching it. And I think I watched it, I think, the week after it came out um, on a Tuesday or something like that. But I'm very glad I got to go see it in theaters. Um, It was a really cool experience. I really, really enjoyed the movie. Um, The movie was moving very quickly, as Dave mentioned. Um, You you basically got the, uh, the setup, the kill, everything else within, like, 10 15 minutes of the movie starting you're like holy shit okay well yeah i guess that that's what that was and um that was all there was to it and then i was like okay well where's this gonna go and then it kind of turns into um yeah what's it uh it's a wonderful life you know where you know he well what what would happen if i wasn't born and this that and the other and you have this whole new timeline and it's it's very intriguing it was honestly very enjoyable it was fun it was funny but it also had a lot of very very brutal kills and um, it, it definitely posed a very interesting question about, you know, what if you watched your favorite horror movie, right? And let's say you watch Halloween. Uh, what would Halloween be without Dr. Loomis? You know what I mean? What what would that movie be without one of the main protagonists? And I think the the outcome of that film uh, would be very different than what it was. Um, so it's it's sort of a what if story. You know, what if the the final girl wasn't actually the final girl? What if the final girl wasn't there? And, and, you know, I think this movie has a lot of, uh, like you said, it has a lot of really great actors, actresses. Um, Jane Widdop, who plays Winnie, the main uh, main protagonist, mm-hmm. uh, sh- she's actually from uh, Yellow Jackets, which mm-hmm. uh, is fantastic. Um, obviously, Joel McHale plays her dad. Um, <clears throat> I love Joel McHale. I think he's hilarious. Uh, but he played a very good, serious role in this one. I mean, his his uh, his life and the kind of the alternate timeline was very sad and you know, he, he played the role so good. I, I think I was yeah. expecting him to be comedy relief, but he actually ended up being like a very, very serious role. And it was great. Um, Justin Long, I love Justin Long. I think he was truly the comedy relief of this because his character just looks so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, the the yeah. really fake, like, white teeth, the, the really tan skin, like, he... That he, hair? The hair, it was just... It was super uncanny. Like it was just like looking at him. He didn't seem human. Like, but obviously he was. But he looked so weird. Um, and, and I think that worked really well because like anytime he was on screen, you're obviously looking at him. So you're like, holy shit, he looks weird. But he did so good. Justin Long, like you said, Justin Long is going to one day we're gonna look back at Justin Long and we're gonna realize that yeah, he played a lot of these weird roles and stuff like that, but, like, truly Justin Long is one of the greatest actors of our generation. I mean, even just in the last couple of years, I mean, he was in uh, Barbarian, he was in the Ghostbusters TV show, which is on Disney+, Plus, which is so freaking good. I mean, he's just done so much, and, I mean, he's having a career renaissance, just like uh, Matthew Lillard, I think, and I think we'll probably see more Justin Long in the future, too. But, uh, in any case, that's it's a wonderful knife. It's such a good movie. It, it poses such a really great question. It's such a great concept. Um, and honestly, I think this is one of the stronger Shutter movies um, that that's been put out there. And I and I think that one of the biggest things, one of the biggest like proofs that this is a good Shutter movie is that it got released in theaters before they threw it on streaming. Um, a lot of Shutter movies didn't get that treatment, uh, but I think that. This kind of paves the way for other Shutter movies to get that that treatment, that experience, um, because this movie did relatively well from what I remember, and you know it had a pretty good turnout. And I mean, it was just it was just good fun. It was just a good fun 
horror movie. I mean, it, it didn't take itself too seriously, but it still had a really cool concept. And I also kind of like that the little twist at the end where, you know, it really wasn't about Winnie. It was about uh, Bernie. It was about saving Bernie and about, you know, making sure she knew that she wasn't alone and everything else. And um, it was a very interesting, you know, kind of twist at the end. And uh, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I, I would definitely say this is going to be on one of my rewatches for the years. Um, and, uh, you know, I it, it, it's good. I, I like you said, it's it's definitely fits into the genre of like a meta slasher. So I would put it up not on the same level as Scream, but I would put it in the at the same genre, you know. It's yeah. not your typical slasher. It's an atypical slasher, and it does it so good. Yeah, it. Uh, it yeah, it, it's. Uh, uh, you know, it it took a twist. Uh, on a, on a Christmas movie that that typically doesn't get that horror twist to it, right? It's a. Uh, you know, you you get these other. Uh, you get lots of movies that are spoofed and, and turned into horror movies and 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 whatever else, but this one, it's kind of unique the way they they did it, and, and they approached it in the. And like you said, like I said earlier, and uh, it 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 it's not I don't know you don't want to compare it to Scream. It's not that right. It's not that level even. But it, you can tell it, it that the, that Scream influence is all over it, right? This is yeah. This is what happens when you know when Scream came along and how I said kind of changed the genre. You get you know movies like this that uh, that that are that are different. That uh, you know like you said meta, and um and that again that's it's not. You know, it's not an apples to apples comparison to Scream, but it's got right. some of that vibe, some of that feel, some of that influence is definitely there. So uh, it, it was it was a fun movie. Um, it would be one that I will rewatch as well as a, as a Christmas horror movie every year. Uh, I mean, there's no shortage of Christmas horror. Yeah. And uh, it seems like every year we're getting more and more that are that are quality, that are good enough to, to be you know on rewatch lists. And um you know, that's, that's a good thing. You would just, I don't know. You would think at some point there would just, they would, uh, I don't know, that they would run out of Christmas inspiration for some of these. But then every year it seems like there's one or two that just knock it out of the park. Yeah. And, uh, and this year, uh, I mean, to me, I think this so far for what we've seen is, is the first one that's really, you know, I mean, Nightmare on 34th Street had, had you know, we, we talked about it, had some flaws. Uh, not one that I probably will rewatch. Um, but, uh, you know, this one, um, is definitely, you know, got, you know, rewatchability. It's not, uh, you know, not, it's not, you know, genre chasing, not groundbreaking per se, but it's clever, original, fresh enough, uh, and entertaining, um, that it, that it works. And it, uh, and it's, you know, again, I, I key up on on the killer having always having a good look about him, right? Yeah. I, it has to be if you're going to do that with a central killer like this, and uh, and this one, you know, again, in that that I don't want to say parody, it's not the right word. I don't know the inspiration, you know, coming from, uh, you know, it's a wonderful life and 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 some of that side of things, you know, to kind of parlay this into you know an angel like thing and call him the angel, and they even had that mock-up doll of him on the on the one tree or whatever and and different things it was uh it was different right he wasn't this dark looking character even though he was very violent and what have you but he wasn't you know your typical oh decked in black blah 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 you know it was but but once again <laughs> even even the killer 
struck me as very ghost ghostface like yeah you know and uh you know it was some differences but just in, in the approach but uh well that's what i was gonna say too is i i think that this year has done really well at creating i, I guess the best way to say it is like marketable serial killers like you have uh homeboy from thanksgiving i cannot remember his name john carver john carver Mm-hmm. And you have the angel from this movie, which both are very like very creative, very marketable characters um, that have a good look to them. You know what I mean? And I think that's like you said, that's one of the biggest things that a lot of major horror movies do is that they create an icon. Um, you know, Halloween has Michael Myers. Friday 13th has Jason Voorhees. Nightmare on Elm Street has Freddy Krueger. And I think this year we just had a lot of really good marketable characters who in my opinion, definitely make the movie better because the angel looks good. It looks legitimately creepy. It looks simple, but it, 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 the simplicity of that killer makes them scary. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, yeah. it doesn't always have to be like the super complex or convoluted costume. It, it could literally just be this plain white mask that's somewhat reflective running at you. And you're just like, well, shit, I, this is terrifying. And um, so I just, I feel like this year just really, they really amped up just like, the characters i felt like they really took time to develop the look of the killer versus just trying to make a story and then just throw a character in there to start killing people you know what i mean yeah you know both of these definitely felt like they had an idea for the killer and then they formulated a story to kind of work with what they wanted the killer to look like um if that makes sense (laughs) yeah i mean a lot of times i watch a movie like this or whatever with you know the central killer character like this with you know the costume killer uh and usually when i see them one of the first things i always ask myself is would i like to see an an action figure or a statue of this sitting on my shelf yeah and and would how cool would it look and i immediately thought that with john carver from thanksgiving and they're again they were already ready there's already going to be figures and things of that coming out Uh, but when i saw it i thought oh that that would make a cool action figure sitting on the shelf and it was the same with this. I saw this. I thought, oh, that would, you know, that would be a cool looking figure or statue sitting on the shelf. Um, uh, you know, so. Uh, but uh, it, it did remind me a little bit of uh, Moon Knight from Marvel. Yeah, it <laughs> does. Uh, bit, it uh, does. <laughs> yeah. But it, it is luck, but uh, even, even a little more simplistic. But uh, but I like it. It's because as far as horror goes, it's as far as a look, it's a it's a, a good contrast to some of the other things. So. All right, uh, but again, it was a it was a clever movie, great cast, uh, pretty cool looking character, uh, you know. Again, nothing nothing superly over convoluted, uh, nothing that you know will just absolutely knock you completely off your off your feet as far as storytelling. But it's enough there to keep you intrigued, keep you interested, and just do. Uh, and again, it was fun. That's the word I always go back to. It was an enjoyable watch. It was fun to watch. Uh, so uh, let's uh, let's write this thing, Ike. Uh, out of five screams, um, I think I think I'm going to give It's a Wonderful Knife uh, three and a half uh, because, again, three is kind of our middle of the ground. We enjoyed it. Uh, you know, it didn't it didn't you know, break, you know, shake up the genre, didn't recreate anything. Uh, but it wasn't, you know, there wasn't really anything stinky about it, per se. And uh, and I think this was just a, a notch above that. Um, I think it was just, it was slightly not, not good enough, not, not enough there for me to be a four, to be on that level, but, uh, but more there than, than, than a three movie. So I'm giving it a three and a half. Uh, 
Gotcha. Yeah, I, I went back and forth on this a lot just because um, when, I, when I watched the movie, um, when we walked out of the theater, I was like, I was trying to formulate in my head, like, just based on pure enjoyability, I was like, how am I going to rate this? And I was like, man, I was like, I, it, it's not a three, but I feel like a three and a half isn't good enough. So I, I'm going to have to say this is a four out of five for me. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I, I think I enjoyed this movie. I, I think I mentioned it last week, but um, this is definitely a contender for, you know, my top five movies of the year. Um, it was just it, it was just so interesting to me. And it was such an interesting, fresh concept for um, a horror movie. And obviously they, they stole some content from, um, you know, it's a it's a wonderful life. You know, it's it's definitely a horror version of it's a wonderful life but despite that it still felt original it still felt new um and i just i fully enjoyed it so i I have to give it a four out of five all right well there you go so a a uh, average of 3.75 for us here on listen to their scream so go out and watch it and uh we've got uh we've got some some fun episodes coming up here in the next couple weeks because we're uh we're pretty much to the end of the year and uh we have a pretty much one more week of a review uh, next week we're going to review the mean one with david howard thornton playing the grinch uh, i know i know lots of people bash it lots of people blah i don't give a crap i want to watch this movie ike wants to watch this movie we didn't get to watch it when it came out uh, i just want to have fun uh, watching david howard thornton play another wacky character and i'm so i'm ready uh, so we're doing that next episode and then we get then we get down to uh wrapping up business and starting new business uh because then on the 28th december 28th episode uh, we're going to do a 2024 preview uh we're going to take a look at the expected movies to come out next year and and some of those things and and, and talk about what we're excited for uh what we're looking for you know forward to what we think um maybe will be some of the bigger successes what might surprise us uh, and then, you know, we may even go out on some limbs and, and come up with some things that aren't out there that haven't been thrown out into the ethos yet that we might we think will will happen uh, next year, whether it be some kind of an announcement, some kind of a movie project, just something. We'll we'll just we're just going to we're going to we're going to throw some predictions. We're going to make some predictions. Wacky bull. We're, we're going to we're just going to stand our ground and see what we can do. And uh, like we've said before, we're either going to look like uh, geniuses or fools or perhaps just a mixture of both. Uh, but that, that's OK. We're going to have a good time doing it. And then the episode after that is the first one of 2024. It is January 4th. So the uh, 2023 will officially be complete and over and behind us. So that one we're going to do our 2023 review where we talk about this year and everything we've watched and reviewed and maybe uh stuff we haven't talked about and whatever else and that's the one where we're going to officially give our cumulative listen to their screams top five movies of 2023 uh, and what uh you know what we what we did I, i'm going to look back i want to look back and see what we did for last year and see how we were because i can't i don't even remember it seems like it's forever ago since we did this for 2022 um, <laughs> i mean it was a year ago <laughs> yeah but uh, but it was weird because when we did that we we only started in september yeah with the show so uh, we were we were actually talking about movies that we maybe you know, we had seen or whatever else, but not in the context of of really discussing and reviewing. 
So this will be our first time with a full calendar year under our belts of watching uh, a lot of movies. Um, I mean, we've we've done a review every week, uh, not all new, but uh, but the ma- the vast majority. Uh, we've done a mixture of theatrical releases, of you know, online stuff, video on demand, streaming services. Uh, we even had a movie, you know, that were you know that people sent us Blu-rays that we watched. Uh, we we've we've done a little bit of everything, and I, I, I so I feel like we've done we've really got a good range that we've watched. Um, and then there's you know several movies that we've watched. Uh, one, two of us, both of you, know, one or both of us that uh, we didn't review, right? That we didn't, you know, we didn't even talk about. It. Who knows? Maybe something like that will slip into the discussion. Who right. knows? Uh, but it is intriguing because, like I said, we've got the full calendar year that we've been doing this. But last year, we knew, we knew Terrifier 2 was going to be at the top of that list. Oh, of course. I mean, there was just, there was no question with, you know, us and our tastes and what we like. I, I don't think it's as definitive this year. I, I really nothing jumps out of me as yep that's guaranteed going to be our number one. Um, I just don't I don't I don't know I don't feel like there's I'm not saying that that this is a worse year for movies. Um, I, I think it might be on the contrary. I think there I think the pool's a little deeper for movies yeah. we enjoyed this year. That it's going to be harder for us to whittle it down to five. And uh, but I'm I'm excited. I, I I'm looking forward to I, I like these I like these exercises. I like doing stuff like this because it really really makes you think hard right it really we, we rate these every week but it it's i like sitting down and comparing them to each other of, of what we like more and it's, it'll be good uh but uh we will probably uh, be starting those discussions amongst ourselves very soon so that uh because it'll take a while it'll be an ongoing process uh, yeah. so that's what we got coming up in the next few weeks so in case you missed all that all you gotta know is next episode uh it's the main one and uh, that's what we're going to watch. So, and uh, I will bet anything in the world that at some point during that episode, Ike will sing a little verse of that, or at least a line or two from that song. Well, of course. So, I mean, yeah. I always, always got to sing a little bit. Yeah. Well, you sing in every episode with the, <laughs> uh, the, the, the news introduction that we've looped. But uh, so anyway, uh, we are almost to Christmas and uh, we're doing our last Christmas review with the mean one. Starring David Howard Thornton. I'm looking forward to that. That will be on next episode. And then, like I said, we'll do the 2024 preview, the 2023 review, and then we'll dive into 2024 and see what it brings us uh, week by week. So, Ike, before we close this episode out, anything you want to say? Oh, Lord. Well, all I can say is uh, if you haven't already, make sure you check out It's a Wonderful Knife. You won't regret it. And like you said, I'm excited to watch a mean one next week. I'm not expecting it to be super great or like, well, I expect it to be great, but I don't expect it to be record breaking or Oscar award winning. Um, But yeah, I'm super excited. I'm excited for the new year. And like you said, it's going to be a good year. It's going to be a good review. Um, But also I'm looking forward to looking into 2024 and saying, What's going to be a good, what's going to flop, um, you know, it, it, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But, uh, yeah, I think the rating and the ranking this year is going to be a lot harder because, like you said, last year we only had a few months to operate off of, but we have a full 12 months this year, and it is going to be interesting to see where we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think I, I think looking at 2024 is going to be intriguing too uh, because coming into 2023, we knew of some major movies coming out, right? We knew there was going to be – Another Scream movie, another Exorcist movie, another Saw movie. Um, I don't even know what else. Uh, that's just off the top of my head. We knew those movies were coming. 
And uh, I don't feel like there's as right off the top as many. I mean, we know there's a new Terrifier, right, coming. We, you know, maybe a couple others. But as far as big franchises, I, I, you know, I mean, I guess, well, I mean, I don't know. Is is there another Exorcist coming next year? Are they turning it out just a year later for the next one? <sighs> That's we'll a good question. Yeah, so, so that, that, that might be on the radar. <laughs> yeah. So when we do that preview, we'll look into that stuff. But there's not as many big franchise movies that pop immediately to head. We're going to have to do a little investigating on the dates on some of these. Um, you know, there is there's an, obviously another screen movie coming at some point. I Who knows what's going to happen with that right now, though, with with everything going. I mean, are they going to be able to pull it out for 2024? That's what they wanted to do. But uh, obviously, there's a lot of flux there. So uh, we're going to have to do some investigating when we go to do that preview episode. So uh, we're, we're going to have to do our homework for these episodes. And uh, but it's fun. It's it's good stuff. So. But all right, like I said, make sure you follow us on social media. Make sure you subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, make sure you engage with us out there on our posts and share. Uh, we like interacting with you all. We appreciate your support and everything you do. And uh, remember, Christmas is right around the corner. It's not too late to order one of the Listen to the Screams T-shirts for your favorite horror movie fan. There's a link in the show notes. Click that sucker and order one or all for that horror fan on your shopping list. Uh, you know, let uh, let Santa Stein come down and shove one of those in their stocking. And uh, but uh, yeah, Christmas is coming. Time off. Everybody enjoy the season. Watch them. Christmas horror movies. We'll be back next week with our review of The Mean One. But until then, wherever you go and whatever you do, be good, be safe, and have many pleasant nightmares.